Praise the Lord. God bless you, brothers and sisters. Thank you for joining us on the Look for 18 Radio Monday Night Live. I'm your host, Pastor Bill and Valerie French. Hello, everyone. Blessings to everyone. And our co-host, Kenneth Ramsby. Blessings. Blessings, everyone. We have our special guest tonight, Shannon Davis from the Omega Man Radio. Welcome. Hey, I'm uh, honored to be here. Thank you for inviting me. We also have a special guest that is the twin sister of Pastor Valerie, Barbara Lee. Hi, everyone. It's just wonderful to be here. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Folks, I tell you, this is going to be an exciting night. Let's pray. Father God, in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I bind every demon in hell that has come to steal, kill, and destroy our lives. We shake ourselves loose from them. And we just command right now, demons, go to the pit now. Leave us now. We just bind their hands from touching this broadcast worldwide. Father God, we ask that you give us a greater anointing with a greater grace. Open our spiritual eyes and our spiritual ears convict our heart illuminate our mind in jesus christ mighty name amen folks i'll tell you what uh honor to have shannon davis from the omega man radio on the look for 18 radio monday night live shannon welcome thank you for being a part of us hey i'm really excited to be here i've been following Luke 418 Radio Ministries for a very long time. I've had an opportunity to work with you and Sister Valerie and and Sister Barbara and the team there. I'm excited to meet Brother Kenneth Ramsey, Ramsby tonight. And so, uh, praise the Lord. This is where deliverance happens. Thank you for inviting me. Amen, amen. Folks, we're going to talk about different things tonight. We're going to talk about deliverance. If you need a deliverance, you be sure to call us tonight. And we're going to talk about the season of evil, plus also about this war in Israel. Folks, I tell you, this is prophetic what's going on right now. I tell you, in Matthew 24, let's turn to that. It talks about Jesus was leaving the temple grounds, and his disciples pointed out to him the various temple buildings. But Jesus responded, do you see all these buildings over here? He says, I tell you the truth, they will be completely demolished. Not one stone will left be left on top of another. Now, Barbara Lee and, and Pastor Valerie, you guys have been doing some study about this. Now, can I ask you? You've been doing some study about the temple over there and where it's located. And are the stones still stacked on each other where the temple was? Not one left. Not one left. No, so, not one. So this, this uh, in uh, verse 1 and 2, it's already been fulfilled. Yes. Where do you think the temple is? Well, what? there is a controversy over there. Uh, most of the Jewish people... Orthodoxy do not hold to the new theory. Uh, they believe that the temple was on the Temple Mount, where you see the Dome of the Rock. And there's a new wonderful theory out there, although it is controversial. And according to the scriptures in the Old Testament, 
that say that the Temple Mount, I mean, the temple uh, that was thrown down in 70 AD was um, in the city of David. So they had done some great archaeological excavations in the city of David, and they believed that they found the palace of David. Wow. And right next to it was the Gihon Springs. Wow. What do you think about that, Barbara Lee? Oh, I agree. I've been studying this for years. I I love talking about this subject. The uh, Gihon Springs was where they anointed Solomon to be king, and it's where the uh, first and second temple stood above the Gihon Springs. When Jesus said there was not going to be one stone left upon the other, that's exactly what he meant. And the Romans, they came in and destroyed the second temple, and they took every single stone, and there is no... Um, there's no sign of it. No but when they dig down and they go down into the Gihon Springs, they're finding clues and they're finding places where the uh, temple um, uh, sacrifices were um, sacrificed and the blood channels that, uh, you know, poured down into the spring. And one of my biggest um, beliefs and my biggest things that excited me so much about all this was that it made so much sense to me, all these things that were they were putting together about it. And one of the biggest clues was that the temple priests had to have a lot of water, pure water, to uh, cleanse the sacrifices. They did hundreds, maybe sometimes thousands of sacrifices. So there's no way on the Temple Mount, which was the um, Roman fort, um, there was no way that they could have had that much water abundantly because the scripture says it came up abundantly into the temple and that they would use the water to clean the sacrifices. And that's only one small point or clue that proves that the temple was over the Gihon Springs. Wow, that's that's interesting. Have you heard anything about this, uh, Shannon? Absolutely. Um, I heard this come out a few years ago and uh, really made me think i said wow that would be amazing i mean we've always been taught that the temple mount is where king solomon's temple was but uh, now what sits there of course is the uh, muslim mosque mosque that was put up many years ago and um, we were led to believe well maybe they're going to rebuild the temple it'll be there adjacent to the mosque but i tend to go with this uh this this other theory that actually the location of the, the temple was probably not there, but on over there closer to the city of David. And with these amazing archaeological discoveries being made, um, there tends to be some credence to it. And I think it was Bob Kornuki who has come out with a book on it, and uh, he mentioned some of the ancient Jewish scholars also talked about uh, multiple locations where the uh, temple could have been and uh, Josephus give some of the the detail too so i think we've been looking in the wrong place now i had an opportunity in 2006 to travel to israel i've been there twice now but my goal when i got there is i wanted to go see golgotha the place of the skull and i also want to get on the temple mountain at that time the jews were not allowed to go up to the top of the the temple mount as it's known today uh, but they were letting gentiles do it and i managed to get up there some days would be open some days would be closed and one day I just said to my brother, let's go for it. 
and we go up this wooden ramp that'll take you up there to the top. And when I got up there, it was like desolate. There was nobody up there except for maybe a couple people on the outskirts of the uh, perimeter. And there was a Muslim man sitting in a chair right next to the mosque. And I had heard about a potential site for the Holy of Holies uh, in one of the Michael Root videos. So I went over to a place that has a little pagoda over it called the Dome of the Spirits. And um, I stepped over and I stood right there and I've got a picture. Because wow. I believe that's wow. where the Ark of the Covenant was and it was lowered down to the complex. But, you know, hey, that may just be wishful thinking. It could be that nothing was up there, and that's actually, as you mentioned, where the Roman army is encamped. And I tend to believe that today, that we were looking in the wrong place all the time. And wouldn't that be amazing um, what they discover? Because they're unearthing all kinds of things, including a big excavation that they found under a uh, parking lot over there. So I think we're about to see some amazing things, and I wouldn't doubt that they're going to find the Ark of the Covenant if they haven't already found it. Back to you. That's right. Matter of fact, um, I think his name was Wayne uh, Wyatt. Ron Wyatt. Ron Ron Wyatt had actually found that under Golgotha. Yes, he did in the, um, what was it, Jeremiah's Grotto. And, uh, And so he actually took, he says there was blood there, and he took pieces of, scraped some of that blood, dry blood, and had it uh, checked at the Israelites' uh, scientific laboratory, they said this blood is unknown. Very interesting. It only had one chromosome. Man, it was very so interesting. I love <laughs> wow. Biblical archaeology. It's like uh, being Indiana Jones on the hunt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. Very uh, exciting. Exciting. Very exciting. Wow. Praise God. So this gets us back to this war. What's really interesting is the timing. Now, let me share a little bit about this. Now, and Jesus said in in verse 4, and we're looking at Matthew 24, Jesus said to to the disciples, he says, "Do uh, do not let anyone mislead you. For many will come in my name, claiming I am the Messiah. They will deceive many, and you will hear of wars, And threats of wars, but do not panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end will not. uh, But the end will not follow immediately. Nations will go to war against nations, and kingdoms against kingdoms. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. But all this is the only. The first birth pains with more to come. Because of what Israel said this weekend, Israel has declared war. And because of what they said and the way they said this and the agenda of the globalists, they have a seven-year agenda. And it's called a Sustainable Development Goals. You can go and and check that out on the website and find out what those goals mean. They want to transform this world into their um, ideal of what the world should be. Okay, so you can look into that and see what it's really talking about. Uh, What they're planning to do, we're not going to like. So 
here we go with this agenda that keeps on transforming the world into a direction of what we will not know. The world that we know will not be what they want to transform it into. And and so their agenda is to be, in seven years, have this completed by 2030. So now Israel declared war. And what's interesting, back in the Yom Kippur War, back in 1973, October 6th, 50 years went by. 50 years is very important. God has revealed this mystery that 50 years things repeat itself. And if you sin, actually, um, there was a, a minister that was bringing out how the, um, the road verse way that when uh, the abortion started back in the 60s and when it was repealed, it was taken out. It was exactly 50 years on that date. So there is a pattern here that God's revealing. And so 50 years back, Israel was in a war. And now Israel's back in a war. And this war that's taking place is the time in the seven years goal for the sustainable development goals. This is really important for the globalists to bring a one world communistic government this control. So Israel declared this weekend that this is their 9-11, and this day forward, Israel will not be the same. So I'm compelled to believe that this is the first official birth pain. Many more will soon follow. We find this in Matthew chapter 24, 6 through 8. So this seems to align up with the right timing. I know many times, many people have talked about we've been in birth pains and tried to figure out the birth pains, but this one just seems correct to me, you know, and and so um, this is pretty interesting. Uh, how about you, um, Shannon? I tell you, I think we're all shocked at what happened, uh, and you know, came 50 years uh, after the Yom Kippur War of 1973. Um, this should not have happened. I think there's some people that need to answer for letting their guard down, but um, it's a it's it's a tragedy, and uh, this is only the beginning of more trouble to come. My prayers are with the Jewish people, you know, uh, that have been slaughtered over there by these Hamas terrorists and maybe other groups too. We're getting all kinds of reports in. We're getting reports that uh, weapons that America abandoned in Afghanistan are now being used in Ukraine. They're being used, and um, they were used by the Hamas here just this week to target uh, the Jewish people and slaughter them. I'm also, I've got a good memory. I remember it was 2005. We had George Bush Jr. as president, and I remember him forcing Israel to give up Gaza, the very place which these strikes have emanated from, the land that God gave Israel as part of their inheritance. Gaza is part of it. They also own Lebanon, although they don't have possession of it right now. They own a lot of land that they're not in possession of. One day they'll get it. The word says, Jesus, when he comes back, uh, Israel will have everything that was promised them and be in peace forever. But 
and no more be disenfranchised. But I remember George Bush giving the order to Israel and the IDF were sent in and they threw uh, the Jewish, they call them the settlers there in these in the settlements of Gaza, out of their homes. They had to drag some of them away. And that was given over the PLO and it was just destroyed. Look at where we are 20 years later. Israel being attacked from the very land that belongs to them, but they were forced to give up. And we paid a heavy price at that time. That was when Hurricane Katrina came. And just as the Jewish people were kicked out of their homes, many lost their homes in Louisiana through these freak storms. I think it was a judgment of God. And the prime minister also paid a heavy price. He died. He went into a coma. Some believe he was poisoned in his tea. But um, if ever we needed to stand with Israel, it's now because uh, they're being attacked. And what's appalling to me is that uh, I just learned that uh, in Israel, you don't have the Second Amendment right like we do in America. We need to be thankful for that. That gives you the ability to protect your family. Over there, they don't have that right. Um, So I was thinking, how is this possible? Surely every Israeli is armed. I mean, they're one of the few nations that's surrounded literally by enemies that want their property. And, uh, you know, you have to be on heightened alert over there. The military has to have a guy practically sitting in one of the fighter jets over there because you've got three minutes to respond to an air attack because the places are so close. If anybody's ever been over there, you know that you know, you're only 5 to 15 miles at various points from enemy territory. I remember going through there and I was riding with a guide, a friend named Jerry Golden. He was taking me out through a part of Israel and he said... Uh, uh, where we're going right now, people have been hit with sniper shots before. I said, you're kidding me. He said, yeah, over there, that's, uh, that's enemy territory. I said, you got to be kidding me. And I'm thinking, you got to live under this every day and look at all the rockets that have been coming in there for years, and the people are disarmed. So when Hamas came in, nobody had a way to defend themselves by and large. you got to apply for a permit even to have just a pistol. I'm thinking, that wouldn't have been the case if everybody had Uzis like they do in Switzerland. Switzerland... The citizens by government order are required to have full automatic weapons in your home with ammo because of the threat of invasion to Switzerland. And Israel doesn't have that. So, you know, you've got a lot of liberals over there like we do in America disarming the people. And then the enemy came in and just slaughtered. And uh, it's a wake-up call to Israel. Uh, there's a lot of questions I have. But bottom line is what has been done is done and now Israel has to respond and it has a right to defend itself and you know I'm with Israel you know it's time to uh, go for it take back the land that God gave you now that's my my uh, opinion and that's not going to happen right now apparently until Jesus comes back one day and sorts all this stuff up but this is the beginning of troubles and we're going to see a lot more and um I could be long-winded here, but isn't it interesting, all these moving targets? Uh, We've got America fighting a proxy war against Russia over there in Ukraine. Uh, Israel's just been attacked. Iran's got the bombs. So does North Korea. The world's in turmoil, and the icing on the cake is COP28 coming up next month, or excuse me, in, in, uh, in December is when they're going to meet. And some are saying that this is the announcement of the beginning of the Great Reset. Back to you. 
Yes, absolutely. Yes, it is. And um, like I said earlier, folks, we're not going to like what's going to be happening here. Um, if you go ahead and, and look at the uh, chart of the Sustainable Development Goals, and they have it all mapped out, their titles is very um, not alarming and very, uh, well, yeah, okay, I can go with that. But <laughs> once, you, once you remove the cover of it and you see what's really going to, how it's going to affect you and me, you know, it's it's not a good thing. But uh, this must take place in order for the uh, third world war to happen and for the uh, one world government to take place. So we're seeing the prophetic being manifest right before our eyes. And, you know, with what's happening in Israel... There's a lot of concern and there's a lot of uh, chit-chat on the internet of individuals saying that we're going to have an invasion, a um, civil war, and uh, terrorists in the United States. Right now, the borders have been letting thousands of people in, and they have not been able to classify them, what they do and where they come from, and and uh, so, um, you know, we need to be alert. We need to be alert. We need to be watchful. And we need to be ready for whatever takes place. This is where actually Psalms 91 comes into place. And um, it's so important that we pray Psalms 91 for a family. But we have to understand what it really means. Okay, Psalms 91 states that um, those who those that here it is those who live in the shelter of the most high will find rest in the shadow of almighty so we want to find that rest. We want to find that shelter in him. But there's something you got to do. There's something you have to do. These are promises that God says he will do. I will declare about the Lord. He alone is my refuge, my place of safety. He is my God. I trust in him. So that's describing what you have to do. You have to trust in him. That means faith. You know, in order to live in the kingdom of God, in order to operate in the kingdom of God, you must live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 38. God says, if you don't live by faith, then your soul uh, is drawing back from him and he doesn't have any pleasure in you. And then you find in uh, uh, Hebrews eleven six, it's impossible to please God without faith. But if those who operating faith believe god that he is god and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him so the whole point is for you to dwell in safety means that you must draw close to jesus and jesus can draw close to you it's you making that first move then you need to study about him you need to apply the instructions in your life jesus says you love me do you love me then he says obey my commands So obeying your commands, this is why God gave you the Holy Spirit who dwells inside you. And the Holy Spirit is there to teach you, to guide you, to direct you, and to build you up 
to be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, Ephesians 6.10. So that means you surrender to him. You be obedient to what he tells you to do, okay? You want to build that relationship so the, the, the Holy Spirit will guide you, direct you. He will be your comforter. He will give you wisdom, instruction, and knowledge, and understanding. So you build a relationship, walk with the Holy Spirit. And when you do this, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Your old sinful nature will not uh, be uh, controlling you. So this is so important that we learn to draw close to Jesus and build that personal relationship because that's the next step that after you said the prayer, you were baptized, being submerged in water. This is the next step is for you to draw close to Jesus, to build a personal relationship. You're spending time with him. You're being obedient to the instructions that he tells you to do. This is going to build you up and you're drawing close to the Holy Spirit, building that co partnership with him to be able to speak through you. It's so important that we understand that we must clean our own stinking thinking. We must uh, um, clean up our soul. Our our soul is our heart, our mind, our will, our emotions, and to allow the Holy Spirit to come in and take control of your thinking. And whoever takes control of your thinking is going to take control of your body. So we're to produce uh, fruit of righteousness and when we're producing this then we will live in the shelter of the most high god we will find rest in the shadow of the almighty because we declare that he is our god he is my refuge he is my place of safety he is my god and i trust in him i have faith in him i'm being obedient this is what god has called for every believer to do this to be transformed into the image of Christ and so if you're not doing this then you cannot say and declare Psalms 91 because it takes for you to participate in the kingdom of God allowing the Holy Spirit to transform you and you allow him this is where James chapter 4 talks about you know God gives grace to the humble when you humble yourself to the Lord God will exalt you but if you're prideful and go Lord not now I want to still continue my sin walking in the flesh allowing my sinful nature to take control of me uh, then you have actually uh, you know displeased God because it's a requirement in, in Romans chapter 14, 23, that we live by faith. Anything, anything that's not of faith is sin. And so we need to learn the ways of God and we need to learn his precepts and to be obedient. Then we'll find the safety. We'll find the shelter. We'll find that these things will not come near us because this is what God guarantees. Pastor Kenneth. Yeah, Pastor Bill, you know, you reminded me uh, just now of, of a couple of things. Uh, you know, we, we all have to focus on what we are as a body of Christ. And so when we do that, we have to make sure we keep our focus with God first and foremost in everything that we do in life. You know, David said in the book of Psalm 16, 5, the Lord is my chosen portion and my cup. You hold my lot. And for us to be successful in everything that we do and knowing God and uh, uh, 
doing the things that he wants us to do and not the things that we want to do. You know, we have to delve in and read the Bible and keep his word most forefront in everything that we do. You know, in Mark 12, it says, you shall therefore love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and with all your strength. You know, you have you have to focus on loving God and being and being with God all day long. And I think we had talked about that uh, before as well by taking God with you throughout your day. You know, and and another thing is 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 you know the second coming of Christ is is going to be an event that nobody knows the day of, but and when it comes, everyone must be in the place that they need to be in. And so if you don't know what time Jesus is coming, because he doesn't even know, only the Father knows, then every day, all day long, you have to keep Christ as head of your life and the focus of your life, asking this Holy Spirit to lead and guide you through all things. And no, it's not easy. You know, it's not easy for anyone, especially when you get all this mess going around like like Pastor Bill was talking about earlier, you know, Agenda 2030, you know, and, and this agenda that they have for Agenda 2030 just feeds in to everything that's going on in the world. And, you know, because if, if you think about it, it it's just like uh, it's just like a, a ticking time bomb. They say, and you can see these a ticking time bomb, if, or, or, or like uh, they're set to the beat of a a a master craftsman's watch. And if you know anything about watches, when you open them up, you see all the little pieces coming together, and they all have to work together, synchronized together for the time to be right and run and be accurate. And with Agenda 2030, it's going to be the same thing. And I had pulled it up. And, and it has some amazing things that they want to do. And, and, and we can see the start of a lot of those things now. You know, like they, well, the first thing they put is no poverty. And with no poverty, at, at, at the end of the world, you know, uh, you don't got to worry about no food because you're gonna have to you're gonna have to worry about way more than just food, as the Book of Revelation says. But until then, the no poverty uh, piece that they're trying to fill, we can see it coming in as lab-grown meat, cloned cows, cloned pigs, cloned everything, and so uh, and a reduction in population. If you listen to some of the billionaires of the world, they have even stated on more more than one occasion that they do not want the population to be as it is. And they even said that they're going to use a V-A-X-X-I-N-E to reduce the population. You know, I've heard that from several different uh, leaders and uh, billionaires. And I had to rewind it and listen again because it's an amazing thing that they would even say anything like that, you know? And and so they're trying to tailor this world to bring, like we talked about a minute ago, trying to bring and rush the the end, the end times, to time it to what they want it to be when the end comes and the battle comes with Christ and 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 the devil. But they just don't understand. When you attack Israel, you're attacking the Lord God Almighty. And when his hand, 
whenever he gets tired of you uh, going against his people, when his hand comes, it's going to be a mighty hand, Pastor Bill, that comes down. Absolutely. Uh, Shannon. Absolutely. Uh, great word, my brother. So the enemy is telegraphing what he wants to do. Uh, this group, the World Economic Forum, these globalist groups, think tanks, Klaus Schwab comes to mind, wrote a book about it. You can buy it on Amazon as a few years ago. Also, King Charles, which is actually, uh, many have said, the the man behind it all that's heading up this uh, whole movement. He wrote a book describing what he wants to do, and they say you own nothing and be happy. The only way you eliminate poverty is make everybody equally poor. And that's what communist does. Communism does. They say you'll own nothing. They take yeah, everything away. Yeah, you own nothing. They eat and, and eat bugs. <laughs> um, clearly, the globalists. Yeah, all the bugs. <laughs> they want to reduce the world population. Uh, it used to be 500 million is what they wanted. I've heard uh, estimates now 5.5 million is all that they need. They've got to uh, reduce the carbon footprint, if you will. Well, I mean, uh, they must not have taken biology because God created us to exhale carbon dioxide for a reason. The plants take it, and they in turn give us oxygen. And so you need carbon dioxide on the planet. And who can control a volcano? We've always had changes in temperatures. Uh, yes, that's uh, We had an ice age before. Uh, bottom line here is this is all contrived chaos leading us to the Antichrist system. Now, there's a guy that popped up on my radar just a few days ago. I wasn't even aware COP28 was just around the corner. I've heard of these uh, climate, you know, these climate change meetings, of course, but there's a guy named Craig Bond, and I am uh, encourage everybody just to take a look at his information. Not to say he's yeah. got it all figured out, but he's got some interesting things I've never heard before. Now, he's um, many have tried to finger who the Antichrist is going to be, and there's a couple that have said for a while that it would be Prince Charles, now King Charles, and it might be. I'm here to say they've got some evidence they lay out, which is just shocking. But that as it be, what really interested me was a presentation he did on Jenny Duvall's show. It's called We Got 40 Weeks Left, and they're talking about COP28. Yes. And I'm thinking, COP28? They said, yeah, it's going to be what they believe the – the announcement of the Great Reset has begun, and they want to do all this stuff, as you said, brother, by 2030. That gives them seven yeah. years. And they're talking in terms of a uh, agreement, a covenant that they want to make with many nations. The Bible talks about a covenant with many. Is this the one? I don't know. I'm not saying absolutely that I know for sure, but could this be the start of this tribulation? Very interesting to think about, but one thing they bring out I want to highlight is there's a thing over there, and I think it's uh, UAE, Abu Dhabi, United Arab yes. Emirates. They've got a thing called the Abrahamic House. They have in this Middle Eastern country a mosque, They've got a Jewish synagogue and a Christian church all on the same property. And the Pope encouraged this. He, he plays a big part in this COP28 and in the Abrahamic house. 
they're trying the globalists are trying to pull everybody in for like a unified one world religion and you know yes, right. we're, we're seeing war in the natural okay Ukraine and Russia now Israel against Hamas maybe Hezbollah but there's also a spiritual war coming against the saints I'm reminded of Revelation it talks about war on the saints is coming even to wear them out and you were talking about gentlemen Matthew 24 you're reading about it I would agree Pastor Bill that we're in the time of the beginning of the sorrows you know it says for nations shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places uh, I should have started with six before then and ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars what have we been hearing about see that ye be not troubled for all these things must come to pass but the end is not yet jump down to verse 8 all these are the beginning of sorrows now I hear a lot of people get up to there but they don't go further what about verse 9 then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you and ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake and then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another and it goes on down and verse 13 says but he that shall endure until the end the same shall be saved and you can read the whole of chapter 24 those listening yeah. out there, you should but yeah, and let me let me read this here in my translation. It says, "Then you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed." We're seeing this happen in Israel right now. You will be hated all over the world because you are my followers. Now we 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 find that uh, uh, this is what the terrorists said. They said that Israel is an offense, and they're not going to take it anymore. And this is why they came to wipe them out. And many will turn away from me. Now listen, this is this is a key. Just as Jesus saying, many will turn away from me and betray me, and they will hate each other. This is the great falling away. This is why Shannon, the Omega Man radio program, the Luke 418 radio, that's why we're having this talk right now to equip you out there, listeners all around the world, to equip you because war on the saints is here and we must be prepared for it. What does the instruction says? It says these wars must take place. So all this gross test horrific slaughter that's taking place in Israel Jesus says this must take place don't panic don't be upset. Don't fear. This must take place. Okay? And so that's what we're seeing. He's giving us this instruction. Then he's going to say that kingdoms will be against kingdoms. You're going to find famine. They In this uh, uh, seven-year agenda, they're going to have these famines. That's why they're causing uh, uh, these farmers not uh, to farm anymore and they want us to uh, kill all the pigs, the dogs, the cats and and uh, the cattle and just eat bugs you know all this change is coming to bring us under what Shannon was saying a one world communistic government 
And so we, we, we can find instruction. That's what we need. We go to God's Word to be instructed, to be instructed. What do I do now? What, what should I do? Should I be really concerned and, 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 and going, going crazy about this war, you know? No, he says, be at peace. Just understand, this is going to take place. These horrific things are going to take place. And I want you to understand something. This is the first of birth pains, and many more is going to come. And he says that they're going to be arrested. They're going to be persecuted. We're seeing this happen right now. And they're hated all around the world. Many will turn away. This is where uh, this horrific war against the saints, it's, it's there to turn you away from Christ Jesus. When you are turned away from Christ Jesus, you'll lose your salvation, folks. Listen, this is why you need to endure to the end. This is why I keep saying over and over again, you must build a co-relationship with the Holy Spirit. This is why God gave you the Holy Spirit that lives in your spirit compartment, and you're to surrender him daily, walk with him, talk with him, go where he tells you to go, do what he tells you to say, and build that relationship because you're going to need him to guide you, to direct you, to give you the wisdom. Because what if all this war came out now? What if the terrorists hit us now? What are you going to do? Are you going to flip out and get get all worried and scared and everything else? Or are you going to say, okay, Holy Spirit, this is what do you want me to do? Where do you want me to go? Just lead me and guide me, and I will follow. Back to you, Shannon. We need to prepare for spiritual war that's coming on the church. Right now, the the globalists haven't come out and said it, but they're telegraphing as much that the real threat to their agenda are believers in Jesus Christ. They are. Matter of fact, they just said this. It was the World Economic Summit. They're coming after the Christians, and they said that Anyone who is um, praying for people and they're getting healed, he says, we're coming after you. And anyone who's speaking in tongues, we're going to be coming after you. We're going to do everything within our power to shut you down. Back to you. We are the target, and we must be eliminated for Satan to rule and reign uh, unhindered. Uh, The Word of God says war on the saints is coming. There's many verses that talk about um, persecution, tribulation. Paul says... I think in the word, through much persecution, tribulation, we enter into the kingdom of God. Jesus said, if they persecuted me, they'll persecute you as a servant greater than the master. All those in Christ Jesus must suffer persecution. There's many verses about this. And uh, you were talking about the great offense. Uh, Let me just step back a minute, just say, uh, I was raised in the church. My earliest recollection was playing in my uh, in the house parsonage where my grandfather pastored, uh, one Robin's Church of God. I was two years old. Both grandfathers were Church of God pastors, so I've really been blessed to say that um, I didn't have a hard time coming to the faith because I was always around it. We went to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. I heard my grandfather's preach. I'm very thankful to God. I could have been born a Muslim or Hindu and had a lot harder time finding Jesus. But that be as it may, Uh, We were taught to be ready to meet Jesus at any time. And I'm thankful for that because none of us are guaranteed tomorrow. We need to be ready. We could die tonight, and God forbid if we died in our sins. So we need to always be cognizant of the fact that uh, when the Spirit comes on the body, it's too late to find Jesus. Be ready to meet Jesus at all times. At the same time, though, work until he comes. But we were kind of taught, well, Jesus might come back tonight in the rapture. 
But as I begin to read the word, I found out before the Lord Jesus can return, certain things got to happen. And you mentioned earlier, there's going to be a great falling away. The word of God says, Paul says, uh, uh, there must first be a great falling away and the, the Antichrist, the man of perdition, will be revealed, paraphrased. And I've thought about that and dwelled on that. And um, a verse came to mind called the parable of the sower. We've all heard of the parable of the sower. But there's one verse that I think actually highlights this that we've got to be on guard for as war on the saints comes, as as Satan and his host of hell, and these globalists have declared war on the believers in Christ and the Jewish people as well. Over in verse 20 of Matthew 13, Jesus said, But he that received the seed into stony places, the same as he that heareth the word, and anon with joy receives it. So they happily receive the gospel. Yet hath he not root in himself, but endureth for a while. For when tribulation or persecution ariseth because of the word, by and by he is offended. I think the NIV says he falls away. And I, I was thinking about that. Who is this company of a great falling away? Well, it can't be the sinner and the lost they're already in a fallen state. We're all born into a fallen state. To fall away, you have to have already arrived. I believe this is talking about lukewarm Christians in a time coming of unparalleled persecution and tribulation, war on the saints, that they weren't taught that you and I might be called upon to even give our lives for Christ, just as the disciples were. We've got to be ready for that. There are people on this globe right now in jail, their only crime was being a Christian. In Mogadishu a few years ago, they were capturing Christians, some of the militant groups there, beheading them. Worse yet, they were crucifying them and then lighting their bodies on fire, even children. Go to North Korea as a Christian. You won't come back out. And those that are caught in underground churches, they get killed or put into a gulag for the rest of their life. Try to be a Christian to run a church in communist China right now. During the pandemic, there was a thousand churches that were bulldozed over there. I saw crosses and steeples fall. The CCP ordered them torn down. Try to preach Jesus in communist Vietnam right now. I can tell you what it's like to have been a Christian a few years ago in parts of Indonesia. You might be burned alive in your church or have a suicide bomber come in on a Sunday morning and then detonate a bomb and blow everybody up to smithereens. This is happening in parts of the world, and we haven't seen nothing yet. Look at what Hamas just did to the Jews. I believe that that is coming for the church. We've been warned, and we need to get prepared, prepared to endure to the end and understand when these things come, it's part of our walk in Christ. It's part of the war that we're in, and we can't allow ourselves to get offended because these people that the the parable's talking about got offended when they found themselves in the midst of a tribulation or persecution. They said, man, we didn't sign up for this. I bought that <laughs> <That's> book. <right. laughs> that book told me every day could be a Friday. I'm, I thought I could get my Bentley. And uh, we've got first-class tickets in the rapture. Well, 50 million Christians have died in times past. What are we going to do with all those that were fed to the lions in Ephesus? Listen, the first century church, they knew the cost to be a believer. If you got caught, it was a death sentence. Um. War on the saints is coming. Wars in the natural, of course, we're just seeing the beginning. 
And the, the good news here, though, is come what may, Jesus Christ is coming back. He's called us to endure till the end. And we need to keep occupying till he returns, be ready to die with our boots on if that's what happens. Now, he may call you home early. I know many saints who have preached about the end times are no longer with us. The Lord took them. They finished yes, the race. Right. When God's done, he'll take us. But he also gave us a command and a commission as soldiers for the Lord Jesus Christ to take the land, to occupy it. Uh, the Great Commission has never been rescinded. I think that as we begin to see this chaotic situation only grow worldwide and these sorrows multiply, what an opportunity to share the gospel to a lost and dying world. They're going to realize everything they put their faith and hope in uh, is not there to help them anymore. The money is worthless. You know, uh, the gold and silver at some point they cast in the streets. Right now it's still good, but sometime in the future it won't even be worth anything. What are you going to do when your IRA ain't there for you? Um, when you thought you were just going to retire and go down and watch the waves roll in and uh, you're in a war-torn city. What's, what are you going to do when it is a capital crime to own a Bible? Or to be a believer, you could be arrested. That's coming, I believe, even to America if uh, we have enough time to see that. And uh, knowing these things, the good news is Jesus said, I'll never leave nor forsake you. And he has given us what we need to stand fast. He's told us to remain patient, keep the faith. I want to give one more verse and I'll throw it back to you. Ephesians 6.10 came to mind. Finally, my brethren, be stronger than the Lord in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Satan is coming after every last one of us. And uh, we've been called for this time to stand strong for Jesus and let our light shine. We've been called to make war on the host of hell. They want to make war on the saints. Fine. Let's take some demon scalps out in the process. Let's lay hands on the sick that the devil doesn't take them out in a premature body bag. Let's win some souls. He that wins souls is wise. Let's pluck some souls out of the hands of the enemy. Um, Prayer works. There's people that are going to come in that you thought would never make it. And that's because people didn't give up on praying and ministering to them. We're here for a reason. That's to occupy, be the light and salt of the earth. And it might cost us our neck one day. There'll be many martyrs before the return of Christ, it says, at the last trump. So be it. Jesus gave everything. How much more do we owe him all? Back to you. Amen, amen. I'm in agreement that um, actually persecution is here in America. Laws are being changed. In California, they just made a law that all the, um, by next year, or is it by the ending of this year, that uh, all the um, schools have to have these room uh, restrooms changed, no more male or female. It's going to be a unison um, um, bathroom. Yeah. And so that's happening. So that these these laws are being changed. And um, like I said, we're not going to like it. So we need to be ready for this. It's not, well, they think they're going to have it. No, this stuff is happening. It's happening now. It's coming very quickly. They have an agenda that needs to take place. Back to you, uh, Pastor Valerie and, and Barbara. Yeah, think about the no more gas. 
Yeah, no more gas. All electric, no more You're, gas. Well, so, I'm sorry, honey, but I, 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 you know, I bought you a gas stove. A beautiful gas stove. Yeah, and you I won't like be able it. to use it no more. Have to go electric. I'll have to run away with my gas stove somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Hide it. <laughs> no. It's illegal to buy a weed yeah. whacker. I heard in California they don't sell them anymore. You got to go across the border, state line, and buy them in cash. Um, yeah, the, the lawnmowers. Yeah, yeah. Actually, the lawnmowers are—they're all uh, battery now. But um, yeah, wow. You know, everything's battery. The drills are the drills. Everything's battery. Everything's battery. So it's kind of cool. I like it. I like the battery. But <laughs> you know, everything's going to be battery. Everything lithium batteries. You know, interesting. Give me a V six so, and a full tank of gas. Yeah, yeah, that's right. You know, remember those days you used to cruise on Sunday right after church? <laughs> right? You could afford it too. <laughs> yeah, you could afford it. Cruise up in the mountains for a while and go yes, home. Yeah. Mm hmm. Beverly? All the long travels we used to take um, on our vacations to different states and just drive and drive and drive. And the gas was very reasonable and we could go so far. And these electric uh, cars. What did they go? Thirty miles, miles. and then you have to recharge them again, Mm -hmm. or something like that. And you have to wait in long lines to recharge them. If you're lucky enough to get to a charging station before you it runs out, and then you have to wait for forty five minutes for each charge. So you'd be there for three four hours if four or five people were in front of you. Uh, It none of it makes sense. None of it. And then the California governor says we're having a problem with uh, meeting the electrical needs of everybody in the grid. So to prevent blackouts, we're asking you not to use your electric cars. So really, they just want to put you on a bicycle. What good is electricity (laughs) if you can't use it? That's That's true. That's true. Absolutely. Wow. This is amazing. Pastor Kenneth. Yeah, they also uh, want you to... All these batteries, they're using a lot of oil and coal to make those batteries, I tell you. So, you know, they can try to fool somebody, but it always comes, the truth always comes out, you know. And and, and there was a study on the carbon footprint, and it said that if America stopped today not spewing out one metric inch of carbon, then it would change uh, it would it would change the world's carbon footprint by zero point zero 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 one something. That's all it would change. And and until China and India get on board, whatever we do is a mute point. It's really a mute point. And for us as Christians, we know that God got all the wind in His hand, and we got tornadoes and hurricanes that clean the earth and replenish and refresh our air force. So it's, it's all about uh, it's all about money and and a deception thing. I think with this carbon footprint, you know. But uh, as we, as Pastor Bill had mentioned, on these birth pains that we're we going to be having. That, that 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 is the most interesting thing that that I that I have looked at. One of the most interesting things is the birth pains that 
uh, are going to happen during the end times. And and this is what's going to fool a lot of people as well. Because if the birth pains are supposed to be just like a woman in contractions, sometimes a woman thinks she is going into labor and it's a month, a month before labor. And then it goes away for another two, three weeks. And, and, and then it comes back and then goes. And, and and our birth pains with war, with weather, with famine, with everything, all of this is going to be like that. So, um, and, and the interesting thing that I, we were talking about religion uh, and not being able to uh, praise the Lord in the open and hiding and, and doing like they do in uh, a lot of countries is China. And and I was watching a I think a news article or what reading something and it said that China has came up with a Bible for the Christians, and in this Bible, they came up and changed some of the verses, of course, and one of the, uh, two of the verses that they changed. The first one was John eight, uh, where it says. Uh, Jesus says, whoever sinned, throw the first stone against a woman that was called in being adultery. And then the next verse says uh, that Jesus is the one that threw the stone. And and then in uh, uh, Exodus 23, it says that thou shalt not have any gods before me. They changed that in the Chinese Bible to resolutely guard against the infiltration of Western idolatry. Wow. So China is, is getting is tired, I guess, of fighting with uh, the Christians, and, and they want to control religion in their country as well. Absolutely. Folks, we're going to have to take a break here and come back into second hour. We're going to take some live phone calls. We'll be right back. China Bible. All right. Take a little break here. If you need to take a little uh, restroom break, uh, you can go ahead and do it. We're good. We all good? Yeah. I'm good. You good? How you doing there, Kenneth? All right. He's taking his little break. All right. This is good. This is really good. I'm really excited about what we've been sharing. Very pertinent. <laughs> yes, very pertinent. Yeah. He has some great points there, um, Shannon. I think great the um, the time of the greatest harvest field for us that are alive is, is coming. Um, yes. People are going to be running to and fro looking for answers. And you're right here ready. 
with Luke 418 Radio. Uh, preaching the gospel, doing Mark 16 ministry, setting the captives free, praying for the sick that they be healed, gifts of the Holy Spirit. Um, doesn't the Bible say my people shall do exploits? The time of exploits is coming. And it's an exciting time to be alive. It is. It really is. You were right about uh, the church is not preparing the church. It's not teaching the church. That's why God raises up to be able to teach them how to live in the kingdom of God and what to expect. See, another thing is that we need to wrap our mind and really think about if persecution come, terrorists come, and they, and they capture us, you know, what are we going to do? You need to, you know, really analyze, prepare for death, okay? And prepare what they're going to do to you and just really say, okay, Holy Spirit, here I am. You have my mouth. You have my body. You do what you need to do. We need to learn to live with the Holy Spirit and rely on him in every situation. I know I do. I ask him for wisdom every single day. I look at this as D-Day, 19, was it 1944? 1944, D-Day. The Allies had to take the beachhead. There was no choice in the matter. Many would die that day, some even before they got out of the landing craft. But it had to be done. How many people contemplated, this is my last day on Earth? In all likelihood, withstanding a miracle, I may go down today, but I have no choice. I have to. There's no turning back. And we almost have to take that attitude. Absolutely. God wants to sustain us. He's certainly able to do it. But we need to be ready to lay our life down for Christ like all the disciples did. And we've got to take that beachhead. We have to yes. go We have to go up against the enemy and make our stand and win some souls for Jesus, cast out some devils. Our job is not That's- done. Although men in the that- church... They haven't even gotten started. They're sitting on their hands. Yes. Pastor Kenneth? Pastor Bill. Okay, you're ready to go live on the air? I'm here, yes. Okay, perfect. All right. Praise the Lord. Here we go. Praise the Lord. Welcome back to Look14Radio.com. This is Monday Night Live with your host, Pastor Bill and Valerie French. We are so thankful that you stayed with us on the second hour. We have our special guest, San, uh, Shannon Davis, on the Omega Man Radio. And we've been discussing about preparing ourselves for the uh, persecution that is here and that is coming uh, we're already seeing the first birth pains take place with Israel uh, according to Matthew 24 uh, Shannon uh, we were talking about how the body of Christ needs to prepare for death be prepared for persecution because the warning Jesus says, the warning in uh, Matthew 24, 9 says, then you will be arrested, persecuted, and killed. You will be hated all over the world. And and that's happening now. The world hates Christians. It's not you personally. They hate Christ. 
They hate Christ. They want to stamp us all out. This is the agenda of the globalists. They want to remove. We are the one that's holding back the full potential of evil. They want to remove us. And so you'll be hated all over the world because you are my followers. And verse 10, many will turn away from me and betray me and hate each other. This is what is happening now. Many are turning away from the faith. And when that persecution comes, as as Shannon was saying, they're going to say, no, I didn't sign up for this, and they're going to be out of here. And so in verse 11, many false prophets will appear and will deceive many. We're already seeing that. There was one in, um, in, um, in Israel right now has been deceiving the rabbis. Uh, Pastor Valerie, why don't you share a little bit about that? They have a rabbi. And Minister Barbara Lee, do you remember the name of that rabbi in I Israel? Re- I don't remember the name, but I've heard about this. And he is in Israel, and he is doing signs and wonders with the people, and the rabbis believe that he is the Messiah that has come back and fulfilled the prophecies. And it actually it's the first time in my lifetime that I have seen any rabbis in Israel believe in this man as being the Messiah. And it is pr- quite fascinating how they're they're following him everywhere and he's healing children and elderly and all kinds of people with various diseases and he's giving prophecies and he's really doing a lot of the things that Jesus did when he was on the earth but it's it's just fascinating that we're living in this day when we can see these things actually happen we are in biblical times right now and these things are taking place. And so the scripture says, many would turn away from me and betray me and hate me and hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and will deceive many. Sin will be rampant everywhere. Folks, we're seeing the beginning of this. We're seeing our children hate authority and uh, be in, they have this uh, attitude of being entitled that they can do anything they want to do. And there will be no repercussion for that. Verse uh, 12 says, sin will be rampant everywhere and the love of many will grow cold. You know, this is what the devil wants. He wants your love to grow cold and be bitter and resentment because all the horrific things that's taking place. But one who endures to the end will be saved. And the only way you're going to endure to the end, listen up, listen now, listen. The only way you're going to endure is for you to build a co-relationship with the Holy Spirit and allow him to lead you, to guide you, to direct you, to fill you with wisdom, instruction, and knowledge, and understanding. Talk with him. Walk with him. Ask the Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, give me that wisdom, that knowledge, that understanding that I need. That's why God placed his spirit in you, in your spirit compartment. And it's your responsibility to form your heart and your mind, your will and emotions over to the Holy Spirit. So you can allow the Holy Spirit to take control over your mind, your will, your emotions, your intellect and your body to be spirit filled. We need 
this. We need that connection. We need to be led by the Spirit of God in these last times right now. Back to you, Shannon. Jesus says over in Revelations 13.10, If anyone is destined for captivity into captivity, he shall go. If anyone is to die by the sword, by the sword he must be killed. Here is a call for the perseverance and faith of the saints. Jesus talking about the patience and the faith of the saints. Uh, those that overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony and love not their lives unto the death. We've got to take that attitude. When Christ is done with us, he can certainly call us home. But until that time that he calls us home or he returns at the last trump, whichever comes first, we need to occupy. We've been called to be representatives for the Lord Jesus Christ. He's given us a great commission. He's never canceled those instructions. We're to preach the gospel and get people water baptized, and there'll be signs that follow. Deliverance is the first one. One of the things I love, as I know Luke 4.18 does and has been involved in deliverance for many years setting the captives free. We've got a job to do. Uh, Also, there's a verse that says, he that seeks to save his life is going to lose it. He that will lose his life for my sake shall save it. Um, That really spoke something to me when I latched on to to that. Because for many years I was trying to save my own neck. And I was bound up by a spirit of fear. I knew what was coming. Um, I was not asleep. I didn't have my head buried in the sand. And I said, I don't want to end up in one of those concentration camps. I'm going to do all I can to fight and stay alive. And uh, I had considerable resources at the time. And I spent hundreds of thousands of dollars to prepare to save my neck. I put it in beans, bullets, bullion. I had a small arsenal being a gun dealer at the time. I could have outfitted the police department. I uh, was looking at what was happening in 2005. Um, FEMA and other groups were disarming uh, Louisiana citizens. They were trying to get them out of their homes when the floods came. But if they didn't want to go, then they said, well, you can't keep your arms. And I thought, what the heck's going on here? The whole world's in chaos. There was talk about the next pope. Will he be the false prophet? Um, The world was, you know, in a chaotic situation. It still is today, almost 18 years later, and I began to do everything I could to save my own neck in the arm of the flesh. And I was bound up by fear. I would order $10,000 a day of freeze-dry foods. I had enough. I had a million rounds of ammo. I had 600 hand-packed buckets of uh, long-term storage food. That was just a start. 2,000 cans of tuna. 1,000 rolls of toilet paper. Bulletproof vest. Night vision goggles. I could go on. If the Lord hadn't stopped me, I was going to amass enough money to buy an underground decommissioned <laughs> missile silo. Now, I'm not exaggerating. I was in talks to buy a bulletproof armored limousine. You say, what the heck's going on? I was driven by a spirit of fear. And um, I said, I can't count on anybody to save me. I'm going to do it myself. Well, that wasn't of God. And one day the Lord got a hold of me. And he directed me to a, a scripture. Uh, I believe it's Psalm 20, verse 5. It's over there. It says, Some trust in horses and some trust in chariots, 
but we will remember the name of the Lord our God, Yahovah our God. And God re- redirected my focus to a uh, an article by a guy named David Ells called The Sword or the Cross You Choose. And uh, I was familiar with that having read it before, but it was basically talking about persecutions coming and uh, are you going to try to save your own neck or are you going to put your faith and trust in Jesus and get to work for him? And the Lord was right. He was my deliverer, not what I could do in the arm of the flesh. And I battled with fear for many years. But I want to tell you something. The deliverance minister of the Lord Jesus Christ set me free. And I let all that stuff go away. I saw most of it. I realized if God is for me, who can be against me? I'm not against preparation. But maybe this will help somebody tonight. Um, As I began to follow the New World Order, even recently the World Economic Forum, this great reset, uh, knowing what the the evil scientists were trying to do uh, with the thing that they were putting in people's bodies that could literally change your DNA. Being locked down on an island over here in Bali for three years. I haven't been off this island in three years. Only this summer could we finally travel again. Uh, it's been horrific. What many of us have went through, and it's it's been a fearful time to be alive. You know, what is the enemy going to do next? That's all they talk about on the news and and when you look at what they want to do it's it's terrible to get down to the carbon footprint that they want to reach they got to eliminate 7 billion of us because we all breathe exhale carbon dioxide they don't tell you that but they ultimately they want to kill you and I so that's right this is almost too much to handle and then i went back to god's word in closing of this statement now either the word of god is true or not and if it is, we need to start standing on it. Second Timothy 1.7 For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. We know that one. Well, this one the Lord gave me a few weeks ago. Proverbs 29.25 The fear of man bringeth a snare. But whoso putteth his trust in the Lord shall be safe. Now, God is not a liar. Is Either the word is true or what are we doing here? Of course the word is true. Sadly, many of us operate in doubt, unbelief, and fear. And I needed deliverance. That's the bottom line. We didn't have deliverance growing up in the church. They loved Jesus. They preached the gospel. They spoke in tongues. They were ready to meet Jesus at all times. They had altar calls, and all that is necessary. But nobody did deliverance. If so, I could have been delivered years ago. But the Lord delivered me through his word and through prayer. And I I said, of course, God means what he says and when I have fear of man it is a snare it will comp- it will uh, compel you to do crazy things like I did um, you'll be looking over your shoulder you'll be in constant state of fear and paranoia and anxiety and stress how can you do the work of the Lord how can you have the joy of the Lord in times like that I didn't have the joy I just had the fear of man it had literally entrapped me and it's entrapped many out there. If you don't know Christ tonight, you have a good reason to be afraid. But the good news is that even as it says, uh, things are coming that will cause men's heart to fail them for fear. If we know Jesus Christ, we don't have to fear anymore. We've got to put our faith and trust in God. And even if we die, Paul said, to be absent from the body is to be present with God. God has got us. It says, the angel of the Lord encamps about those who fear it and obey the Lord. We just got to repent, surrender our lives to Jesus, get to work for him, 
And he's got our back. And yeah, we're going to have to go through some terrible things. We might even have to lay our life down as some of our brothers and sisters in Christ are doing right now. But so be it. You go home to be, to be with Jesus. For me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. But until then, are we going to live in fear? Are we going to lay down and die? Uh, I was pretty low a year ago. And then the Lord quickened me. I remembered the leper said to the leper, why sit here till we die? And the Lord rallied me, and I said, to hell with the devil. He's not going to keep me down anymore. And I got up and rallied, and praise God, I'm here today doing better than I've ever done before. And I literally don't care at this point where the Lord may call me to go next. I don't fear the enemy anymore. I know that uh, there's power in the blood of Jesus. And I'll share one other quick testimony. Thank you for giving me the liberty. Even as the world was being sold this bill of goods that uh, this pandemic was a killer, and the truth of it is only less than 0.01% of people that contracted it actually died. More people died with the antidote than from the real thing. I was living in a red zone, the playground of the Chinese. They come here about this time every year. And they were here before the, the outbreak, as it was announced it was. We were in a red zone. If anybody should have died, we should have died here. Now, I didn't know what we were dealing with yet, so I, I took some precautions. I got some food. I didn't know what shortages could happen and so forth. But I got to the point, I said, I'm not going to live in fear. We got work to do. And we went out and did 20 feeding programs across the island here in Bali. And I went out to Muslim groups, Hindus, Christians, shoulder to shoulder, giving out food, sharing the love of Jesus as people were losing everything because of the lockdown. For two years, nobody could fly in or out of this island. And this is a tourist island. People went bankrupt. People went through their savings, lost their jobs, and many people had to be Uber drivers or sell food just to stay alive. And we went out and helped people. And I said, what are we going to do? I got infants with me. What if this thing is contagious? I said, I'm not going to be stopped. Does the blood of Jesus work or not? Does Psalm 91 mean what it says or not? We love to give it lip service, but when push comes to shove, will you put the word where your mouth is? And we did just that. We covered ourselves in the blood of Jesus, prayed before we went out, and none of us died. None of us got sick. We were here and did that, fed 2,000 people, and I give God the praise on the gore. He did it for me. He'll do it for you. We don't have to fear Klaus Schwab and King Charles, whoever the Antichrist may be. We need to fear the Lord, and until he calls us home, we've got a job to do, and if the devil wants to make war on the saints, let's make war on the demons and take some demon scalps for Jesus. Back to you. Amen, amen. You know, that was so true what you were saying, that in uh, Psalms 41, it says in verse 1, Oh, the joys of those who are kind to the poor. The Lord rescues them when they are in trouble. The Lord protects them and keeps them alive. Wow. And that's what you did. When there was a time of trouble, you went out there and started helping those in need. And so we see through uh, Shannon's testimony, the word of God in Psalms 41 is true. Give God a shout for that. Amen. Amen. Praise Amen. God. Praise the Lord. Pastor Kenneth. Yeah, Pastor Bill, we have to, uh, I, want, I just want to echo on what Shannon was talking about. When we when he's talking about being having being faithful and trusting in the Lord, you, you got we have to stay focused on what God says. You know, 
and we ha- can't have fear. You know, fear is something that that we have when we're children and we don't know any better. But when we grow up and we give our life to Christ, we got to trust in God's word. If you're going to be a Christian, if I haven't learned anything else, I have learned this is that when God says something, it is going to come true, period, point blank. Because it says in Hebrews, besides that, it says in Hebrews 6.18, God cannot lie. And so if you're a Christian and you have your faith in the Lord and you're giving yourself to the Lord, you know the word of God, you shouldn't be swaying any kind of way. Because either you trust him or you don't. So we have to keep our focus on on God because God cannot lie. Uh, And that's an amazing thing. And uh, Pastor Valerie, uh, the name is Rabbi Shlomo Yehuda Beery. Yes. That's the uh, young man who, yeah, he, he's been been blessed with a photographic memory to memorize the Torah since he was a little child. So that is a, that's an amazing thing. You know, one of the other things that, that uh, like I was talking about, we have to keep our eye on God and keep our faith. And, and we have to increase our reading of the Bible. Because yeah. not only China is doing this thing with the Bible, but every time they come out with a different version of the Bible, like the G-A-Y Bible or the P-R-I-D-E Bible, you know, they're taking things out of the Bible and putting in what they want. You know, so we, we uh, sooner or later, like Pastor uh, Bill and Shannon uh, was talking about, sooner or later things are going to change, and we're not going to have access to the things that we have now. That's you know, correct. They're, they're going to be taking things away, and 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 they're going to replace these things just like China. And I think that, like in in a large part of the world, they're going to replace. Uh, they're going to say, "Okay, you want to worship? It's fine." That's okay. You're going to worship. It's fine. We'll give you what you are going to worship. And it ain't going to be us worshiping Jesus Christ. It's probably going to be us uh, worshiping uh, with some AI God. You know, they already got a robo priest already. You know, I saw the robo priest right here up there. They got a robot dressed up like a priest, and he's uh, uh, one of the uh, uh, AIs. And, they, and he's collecting all this information from all over the world on the Internet. And he's supposed to be this priest. And pretty soon they're going to have an AI God uh, that they've been talking about as well. So the, things are going to change. And and, they, and, and, and and the devil is slick. You see how slick he is? He is so slick. Instead of wiping religion off the face of the earth and fighting all the Christians and, and whoever else that 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 needs to focus on Jesus Christ and come to God. They want to bring, you know, come to God. And instead of us going out, they're going to give everybody what they, what to fill that void that you can only get from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But they're going to try to fill it with all these different avenues and all these different things like an AI God and, and rewriting the Bible, going to give us a Bible with what they want to have in it, you know. That's right. Uh, it's yeah, just the, an amazing thing. Yeah. G.I. God is called the beast. <laughs> <laughs> Image of the beast, yes. Yeah. Okay, so 
I'll tell you, we're going to open the phone lines now. If you'd like to uh, ask uh, Shannon a question or like to talk with him, or if you'd like some prayer or deliverance, believe me, you won't be disappointed because the power of God is here waiting to minister to you. Pastor (laughs) Shannon. Let's give that number out. Folks, if you want to call in and speak to the Luke 418 radio family here, Call right now at area code 515-602-9734. We put it in the chat room too. 515-602-9734. If you've got a question, you need deliverance, you need prayer, the lines are wide open. I'm going to keep an eyeball on them. You know, you all are talking about this AI. Um, there's a brand new movie out that's circulating. It's called The Creator. And uh, I looked at the trailer. And if it had been overtly um, occultic or blasphemous, I would have just skipped it altogether. But I didn't see that, at least in the trailer. And it mentioned AI, so I thought I would go out and check it out. And what I saw was uh, really a glorification of the the AI and uh, its uh, story placed in the future where AI has been on the scene for a while. There's uh, a fight between humans and AI, and the story picks up there with a uh, the creation of a child that's part AI, part human. And I don't want to spoil it for you, but already Hollywood is trying to uh, point the way to the future, a world run by AI. Um, interesting also, I don't know if you all have seen this movie, it may have been some years ago, but if you haven't, it might be worth watching an old... Uh, George Lucas movie, one of his first, called THX 1138. And in that, uh, AI plays a part in religion. You go into a uh, digital confession booth, and it's <laughs> you need to see this movie you haven't seen in a while. It's bizarre. Uh, there's a, a couple areas that you might have to fast forward over, but I think um, the overall message is one important. That's where we're at. That's where the, the globalists want to take us. Uh, one world religion probably with the Pope as their false prophet. That's my guest. Cashless society. Mark of the beast. Hey, something interesting happened here on the island of Bali in Indonesia where I live. Um, I was at the mall a few weeks ago, and I passed by a familiar point there where you could go in and have a a coffee, a pastry or something, and uh, I saw the digital sign right there on the marquee in front of the restaurant. It said, uh, we've went cashless. Uh, no money uh, permitted at that place anymore. They only take debit card, credit card, banking app, or the new thing that they're circulating in Asia. It's called Chris, Q-R-I-S. It's a QR code. So basically you scan the QR code. It takes some money out of your account. I went in there and tried to uh, get a cappuccino and um, a Danish. I put my order in. They asked me for payment. I pulled out the money, and they said, I'm sorry, we can't take your money. I said, what do you mean you can't take my money? Oh, no, we're, we're cashless. Debit card, credit card. And I got pissed off at that point. Excuse my French. I held my wrist out. You, I said, you take the mark? Mark of the beast? <laughs> and the guy looked at me, and he wasn't very happy with that. <laughs> but, I mean, we're coming to that reality. Um that you, we know the COP 29 or 28 is coming up in about a month and a half. Some yep. people may not know that there's another group out there called ASEAN, 
A-S-E-A-N. They just met about a month ago here in Asia, in Korea, I think it was. There are 10 nations in Asia. Indonesia is one of them. And they, they are fast-tracking their own plan. You've heard of BRICS and all that stuff going on. Asian, they're coming up with their own transfer system, and it's called CRIS, as I mentioned, Q-R-I-S. Y'all can Google that. And they're encouraging everybody to get rid of cash and go cashless. Get your app on your phone, and you get quick settlements and pay for everything with the QR code. I'm here to tell you, folks, yet another sign of the end times. If you don't know Jesus, Lord, and Savior, you have a reason to fear because you don't have God on your side. You need him on your side to survive in this time. You need to be ready to meet Jesus. Okay, with that being said, we've got your first call. Would you all like to take a call from 347? Go ahead. Okay. Folks, again, call in 515-602-9734. Okay, let's get the first caller on the line. 347, welcome aboard. What's your first name? Where are you calling from? God bless you. How are you, Shannon, Omega Man, Pastor Bill, and Valerie? My name is Priscilla Lizardo. We're calling from Las Vegas. Hey, praise the Lord. Hi, Priscilla. Did you say How Crystal? How are you guys? Crystal or Priscilla? I'm sorry. No. Priscilla. Priscilla. Okay, great. Yes. Priscilla, welcome yeah, aboard. so I was calling first. Thank you, thank you. I was calling to say uh, nice to... Um, you know, hear you on the radio. We're just so thankful that you were able to come to, to the Luke 418 radio because I've been listening to your Omega Man. Um, I first heard about it on Pastor Bill's um, radio station, and I remember listening in, and, and I remember you shared this one um, this one picture. Um, you you It was pretty intense. Um, I don't know if you could share about it, but I wanted to know the follow-up on that. You you shared a picture where you took a picture of like some type of um, some type of altar that somebody put nearby where you live and then you took a picture of it and you posted it and you could see like a demon there. Oh. That was very um, interesting because that, that was like something I had never seen and you could take a picture and you can actually see the the visual of a demon and I was like oh my goodness this is this yes. is uh pretty serious what's going on over there but yes um I remember listening to 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 you talk about that one time on the show demons on are your real show. yeah so here on the island of Bali it's known as the island of the gods little G's and I was uh, told uh, there's thirty five thousand temples altars and shrines to other gods here it's like a mini India if you will and you can walk down any block and you'll see altars, shrines, temples. If you've got enough money, you have an own temple in your backyard. Everywhere. And uh, I live uh, in a little city called Denpasar. And on my street, most of my neighbors are Hindu. But at one time, I had a Muslim across the street also, a Catholic, and even a Jehovah's Witness. Uh, it's crazy. I've never been in an area with so many religions. But back to your story, you wanted, you were interested in following up on that's a neighbor right down the road uh, here on my street. And uh, if they're Hindu, they all have to have two altars. And these altars, uh, it's like a, uh, a steps that goes up to a throne. And that's where the demon sits. They call them a god. And there's an umbrella that protects it from the shade. Yeah. So you usually see an umbrella over the demon's head. Now, uh, my neighbor, as all the Hindu neighbors have to do here, is they daily have to go out and do sacrifices. 
and they'll do uh, incense oh, ceremony and offer up smoke to the gods. They have a million gods, and they also they do this to kind of uh, keep uh, the demons neutral and not to attack them. So my neighbor was doing a ceremony, and she took a picture with her iPhone and put it up on Instagram, and my wife snatched it and sent it to me. And the caption was, oh, I was doing my offering, and the gods are so pleased with my sacrifice today. And what she was saying is the the god that she worships showed up on the film. And if you look at it, it looks like that slee stack out of the old Land of the Lost series. Looks like a lizard creature with big eyes, a gray, with a snake like a mouth. And that's a literal demon caught on tape. And um, yes, th- I remember. Th- it happens every day. Um, I literally can walk out, next door neighbor, front neighbor, all sides, they have altars. And when we moved here, we had a hard time finding a place that didn't have altars. Now, I don't want to move in and get a demon as my roommate. So what are you going to do? When the house you want to rent's got two six-foot-tall altars to demons sitting in the front yard. To God be the glory, we found a house, and I said, man, I'd love it, but it's got the altars. It'll never work. My wife said, why don't we just talk to the landlord? And we talked to her and found out that she had bought it as a rental house. She says, I've never worshipped at the altar. And we said, well, we'd love to move in, but you'd have to tear down the altar. She says, I'll tell you what, I need the money. Had I ever worshipped at the altar, I could not remove it because the but because of the previous owner, when they moved, they didn't relocate their altar. I'll take it down. And we signed a contract and got the house to rent. We're still here to this day, and within a few days she sent a shaman out with two workers. They were all dressed in white. They looked like they were going to a wedding. And they came out at night, set up spotlights in the yard because it was dark. And we had a worker over here staying in the house that was doing a little bit of uh, repairs for us before we moved in. And he was out smoking and caught it on his phone. And he filmed the whole exercise. And what they did is they came out and did a ceremony. And they took down the two altars with a sledgehammer. And they smashed them. But before they did, the shaman invoked the demons that were sitting on the thrones. And they spoke through him. He became demon-possessed. And they said... We will go, but send us to the waters. So they went into him. He smashes the altars. The next day we came out and there was rubble all over the yard. Now they're supposed to take that throat in the ocean. We prayed in faith and asked God to loose the angels and grab these demons and they didn't make it back to the to the water and take them off to hell in Jesus' name to the pit because apparently they were marine spirits. And uh, that's the reality wow. of places. So when you read in the Bible about God didn't like the strongholds and the altars and he told them to tear them down on the images that's what people do they're worshiping them made out of rocks and wood and uh, thrones and they give them sacrifice you'll see a little basket with some incense and a cigarette and maybe a shot glass with uh, a little bit of um, coffee in there and an oreo cookie and a couple coins and this is the life they lead and they have to go out and do special ceremonies every full moon and it's just bizarre, the bondage that they're in to placate these demons, which are really, uh, you know, evil spirits. They think that they're, they're gods. And yeah, that's a long-winded answer, but that's a reality. I, I was thinking, hey, why the heck wow. did I come here? And I thought, really, I came here to pick a fight. Loving the deliverance ministry, what wow. greater place to be than ground zero with demon, demons?
demon land. So we're having a great time with Jesus. <laughs> Praise God. Wow. That Apart from so Jesus, wow. we can't do anything. If wow, I didn't have Jesus, so we would be toast. Apart from him, we can't do anything. But right. all that being aside, Amen. while you're here, do you need any prayer, Priscilla? Uh, you know, I just called in to say hi, and I just wanted to say okay. thank you for all that you do, the Omega Men. Thank you for all the wisdom that you impart to us who are uh, deliverance ministers. I, I am part of the Luke Team uh, Church. Uh, we do have the Luke Team Church Nevada here, and we do listen to your show, and I just want to say thank you. Thank I've you. learned a lot from your show as well as Pastor Bill's. Um, I know that um, you shared one time about Win Worley, and I started to listen to oh, his yes. case, and I was, wow. It's like there's there's so many um, generals in the deliverance ministry that I learned about through you and Pastor Bill and Pastor Valerie's show. So I just want to say thank you for all that you do, and keep going, and we pray for you and your family. Thank you. Our church also um, prays for you guys. We uh, we lift up the Omega Men. Um, family also as well so I just want to say thank you and also when I give a shout out to Minister Barbara this is awesome to hear her and Pastor Valerie on on together because I'm a twin I was trying to distinguish your voices from each other and I was like oh right next if I can tell so just want to it's good to hear your voice I just wanted to give a shout out thank Thank you you. (laughs) look I'm just a student yes Um, Minister Barbara just wanted to give you a shout out and give a shout out to Pastor Kenneth as well. Thank you guys for this beautiful broadcast. I'm in agreement. This Wednesday we're going to be uh, in warfare and intercession for Israel and Armenia. So uh, that's what we do. So thank you so much for representing and leading us, the upcoming deliverance ministers, to know how to lead the way. So thank you guys for leading the way for us. So I just want to say thank you and I honor you guys. And I'm just so grateful for you guys. Well, praise the Lord Jesus. Thank God you, Priscilla. Look, I just consider myself a student. There's a lot for me to learn. It's an exciting thing to work for the Lord. God's called everybody to get involved in his end-time army. And I'm so thankful to have been able to link up with seasoned generals in this battle on Luke 418 Radio. You know, I was in Vegas uh, seven years ago, and I think I met you, Brother Bill, probably somewhere around 2014, 13. I got to go back and see when our first show was. But I was saying, God, there's more to learn. There's got to be more people out here doing deliverance. Where are they at? Of course they had been out there doing it. I just was uh, new to the whole thing. And uh, I put a Google alert out there. And uh, I had it searching for any news feeds on deliverance, exorcism. And one day I'm checking my message and boom, there it was. It was a uh, article on a pastor, William French, of California, who'd been in the deliverance ministry a long time, and I said, wow, he's been doing deliverance for decades. i got to find Pastor Bill. And the Lord hooked us up, and uh, he took my call and was kind enough to come on the program and begin to do some teaching. So I'm so honored to have found Luke 418 Radio. Uh, they've been on the front lines for a very long time. There's a lot to learn from them and uh, seasoned veterans in this end-time army. And um, I'm excited to meet you, Brother Kenneth, tonight and um, have been able to work with Barbara and Valerie, the twins, and all the team there at uh, Luke 14. You're all doing a fantastic job for Jesus. Folks, it's an exciting nice. time to be alive. Uh, we're called to do exploits. 
You know, really the greatest harvest field of all time is now. And the days that we're headed into with all this peril breaking out. Man, what we've been waiting for. The opportunity to win souls, cast out devils. You know, demons are just coming out. They're manifesting in the flesh now, just about. Right, everywhere. You might look mm-hmm. up and there's a six-foot-tall man in a, in a dress with a beard and lipstick. That's a walking <laughs> demon right there. <laughs> they need help. I asked the Lord years ago, I, the Lord told me that, I, I said, Satan, you're going to have to make everyone crazy to worship you. <laughs> well, I didn't know I was just saying a prophetic word. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I mean, it's talking about confusion. You all have seen this one um, government leader. I don't know what he does, uh, but you've seen he's... Uh, uh, he's one of the cabinet members of Biden. And uh, he was at a military ball. And from the waist up, he's a man. From the waist down, he's got a dress with pantyhose and slippers and lipstick. And his date that night was an androgynous man, woman, it, I don't know. Uh, God created them male or female. Now you got shim out there. It's not a him or a she, it's a shim. And a bald-headed man in a dress with lipstick, and he also likes to steal luggage at the airports that caught him. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and uh, very intelligent people. I think they had degrees in nuclear phys- physics or something. So uh, what's going on here? I mean, it's, it's confusion. And God's not the author of confusion. So if wherever we need a deliverance, it's now. Uh, would you all like to take another call? I see what popped up on the radar. Let's see. Yeah, be great. 708. And if you want prayer, you want to call in 515-602-9734. I don't mean to be long-winded, but I am keeping an eye on the switchboard. We got another call popped up. 708, welcome aboard. How you doing tonight? 708, did you need prayer? Have a question tonight? See if you're muted. Okay, they just may be listening by phone. You can also listen to the show by phone by dialing that number. But if you want prayer, hit option uh, one there. Uh, Pastor Bill, for those that may be uh, on this simulcast tonight, uh, tuning in um, and just coming on board, tell us about Luke 418 Radio. Uh, When do you broadcast? And tell us about the services that you do. Well, Luke 418 Radio is Luke418Radio.com. We do have the Luke 418 Radio Network app in your app store. You can download that today. We are broadcasting 24-7, seven days a week, 365 days a year. We're broadcasting Christian music and podcasts and live shows as the Luke 418 Monday Night Live with your hosts Pastor Bill and Valerie French. Uh, we broadcast at 7 p.m. on Mondays and then on throughout the week we have different shows with different DJs always promoting the Kingdom of God, how to live in the Kingdom of God and how to prepare for these end times. Folks, I tell you, this is uh, so important that you share this, Luke418radio.com. Download the app today so you will have this radio uh, program with you wherever you go, and you will be blessed. The music that's being played 
always promotes Jesus Christ. And let me tell you something. It will feed your spirit man. If you're dry out there, you really want to be fed, turn on the Luke 418 radio Christian music and listen today and your spirit man will be fed. This is so important as we walk in these troubling times of persecution and drawing close to Jesus. Now, we also have the Luke 418 church that broadcast our services um, on our YouTube channel. That's the Luke 418 church. And that's broadcast on Wednesday nights and Saturdays at 5 p.m. We also have the channel Luke 418 radio YouTube channel out there and so you can hear the latest podcast out there just tune into that daily and be blessed and grow in the Lord are any of you here on this uh, phone line with me good at math I have a calculator brother Kenneth <laughs> uh, you got any idea what uh, one million times a thousand equals I think it's a billion, isn't it? 1,000 times a million? Yes, that's okay. the billion. Now, what do we got on the planet Earth? We got an estimated 7.5 billion, somewhere thereabouts, human beings walking the globe. Let me tell you the scope of the problem we got right now. If we had a million people to step forward tonight and say they want to roll their sleeves up and get in the battle and become deliverance workers for Jesus... I'm talking a million new conscripts for Christ, new soldiers for the Lord. And you said, well, in the time I got before I meet Jesus, I'm going to help deliver a thousand people. Well, if that actually happened, a million deliverance workers, each delivering a thousand people, there'd be about a billion people set free. That would still leave about six billion people walking the globe that probably have demons in my calculation. Most people walking the globe have evil spirits. Now, I don't know of a million people stepping up or have ever stepped up to the plate to cast out devils. Talk about the problem out there. It's huge. Folks, if there was ever something that you and I could do to make a difference, it's get involved in the deliverance army of the Lord Jesus Christ because the problem is massive. Billions walking the globe right now that don't know Christ, that have opened doors to demonic spirits. I see Facebook ads pop up all the time probably because of where I'm located at, you know. One of them invited uh, people on Facebook to join a class and get the Kundalini awakening. (laughs) I don't think you want to awaken that thing, do you? Uh, No, sure don't. People have done it and lose their minds and all kinds of stuff. There's one that's called Star Magic and had some healer uh, giving testimonies of people being healed. I looked at one lady, she was healed. I said, that lady looks like she's demon-possessed. She went through that star magic ritual. And I'll get up there and and post on them. And I said, yeah, you go through that class, you're going to get demon-possessed for sure. Where I'm going with this is, if there was ever such a need, it's now for people to step forward and begin to do what Jesus Christ did. The Great Commission, win souls for Jesus. Get people water baptized. Not just sprinkled like they do in the Catholic Church. That's not, that doesn't count. And then these signs will follow them that believe. In my name they shall cast out devils. Folks, if we have to ask ourselves, do we have any of those signs following us? They're supposed to follow those that believe. 
And if you got one, why not have all? We got a problem. There's many people can look at that list and they've never cast out a devil. They've never laid hands on the sick and seen someone recover. They don't speak in tongues. And so forth and so forth. That doesn't have to be the case. I don't have the whole list, but I got number one and I'm working on the rest. The point I'm making here is you and I can make a difference. And now's the time to do it. It's the greatest time to be alive, especially as all these end-time events wrap up. Warn the saints is coming. Yes, it is. And why? Because the enemy wants to kill you and I. We're the last men and women standing in the gap for multitudes that withstanding someone carries the gospel to them or prays for them or cast out a devil that they can be in their clothed and in their right mind like that garden gathering demoniac. Then he was ready to follow Jesus after he got delivered. These people are going to perish. Multitudes on the highway to hell tonight. And we got a job to do. That's why I think we're going to be here longer than we think. If the Lord took us out, who's going to go after those people? Now, I could be wrong and we get out here earlier than possible. I'm ready to meet Jesus if I die tonight. I always want to be ready. But we've got to occupy till Jesus comes. Not to mention we've been called to bear fruit. And not to mention Jesus said, Behold, I come quickly with my reward in my hand to give everyone according to their works. Now, faith is a free gift. It's not of works, lest any man should boast. Uh, excuse me, uh, the gift of salvation is a free gift. That's what I meant to say. Um, faith in Christ, repenting of our sins. You can invite Jesus Christ in your heart tonight and receive him as your Lord and Savior because of what he did on the cross. Gave his life, shed his blood, rose again. That's a free gift, the gift of salvation. But faith without works is dead. And Jesus says, I come quickly with my reward in my hand and give everyone according to the works. Reward is not based on... Um, coming to Christ alone. Yeah, you'll get your salvation, but everything we do is going to be tried by the fire. And if we build on hay, wood, and stubble, it'll be consumed by the fire. Only what sustains the fire when it comes is going to last, and that'll be a reward. Reward is what we do for Christ. He's called us to activate. It said, if we do not pick up our cross and follow Jesus, we're not worthy of him. It said, if we put our hand on the plow and look back, we're not fit for the kingdom of God. We're called to, to activate and obey the command of the commander-in-chief, the Great Commission, and do so until we can no longer do it. and We've died or he's took us home through the rapture of the church at the last trump. Um, I want to be found occupying when he returns. Will he find us faithful when he returns? Or are we going to be out there gallivanting in the desert like at the Burning Man? You know, it was interesting. <laughs> we had that Burning Man fiasco. People got trapped out there and all that love. <laughs> That's funny. That's called judgment. Yeah. And, yeah. and sadly, there was a bunch of New Age people out in the desert mm-hmm. having some New Age party with Buddha idols when Hamas came in and mowed them down. That's horrible. What happened? But... As it was in the days of Noah, Jesus warned they would be eating and drinking and giving a marriage and knew not till the flood came and took them away. Gallivanting, partying. Um, we got to get deadly serious about our mission down here and get focused like never before. We got a job to do. Devil's got his job too, and he's not going to slack up. 
So we need to get busy because uh, this is the greatest time of the harvest. People want a revival. I think we're going to get it. When war is breaking out and the first nuke drops, the church will be packed up. Packed out. I believe we're yeah. not going to have a problem getting people to tune into podcasts about deliverance. They're going to be turning off keeping up the Kardashians because they found out that didn't help them in the day of trouble. Back to you. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, Barbara Lee. Oh, yeah. I uh, was watching on, on the, the YouTube about the Burning Man, and I saw those people out there, and I was feeling so sorry for them, stuck out there in that mud. And even though they were just trashed in their uh, clothes and just in that sticky mud and walking through, they were still insistent that they were right and they were smarter than we are and that that was where everybody should be out there celebrating and, uh, you know, this this burning up this this figure of this man and also the, the beautiful artwork that they would do and put all that time into it. And then it would just be burned up. And then all their belongings, everything, just got stuck in the mud. And, and what a statement to where what God esteems of what man has done. It's nothing. And it comes to nothing. And yet, in their pride, they believed that they, you know, that everything was okay and that they should be there and that they were having a lot of fun. And I guess it just shows you a, a little uh, s- section, a sliver of the mindset of the world that they're, they're in this mud and muck and sin and filth and immoral behavior and ignorance, massive ignorance, and yet they say that they're having fun. And I can see that, the way Satan will deceive and believe and get all these massive people to believe that they're having fun and this is the right way to live. But uh, thank you to Jesus that he is always, always, always through the Holy Spirit and through his beloved body that we are part of get, uh, being presented to these people over and over again to wake them up, to shake them up, to get them thinking straight and, and, and taking the deception off their eyes because God is merciful and he is so merciful and he is so forgiving and he will forgive your sins. But the condition is you have to come to him humbly and you have to come with a contrite spirit and you have to come believing that he is who he said he was and you need to accept him as your Lord and Savior and give your life to him and repent from all this madness, all this sin, all this immorality. And it's just, you know, it's just such an easy thing to do. And yet it's not for so many people because Satan's done such a good job deceiving the people. Absolutely. Now, uh, Shannon, would you leave um, uh, people into the prayer of repentance and so they'd be saved? And then after that, we're going to close. Absolutely, folks. Uh, John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him, talking about Jesus, should not perish but have everlasting life. It goes on to say, God sent not his son to the world to condemn the world, but that through him 
the world might be saved. There's only one name written under heaven by which man might be saved. That's Jesus Christ. There's no way to the Father but through the Son, Jesus Christ. If you're looking for any other way to get to God, you will not find it. There's only one who has the ability to forgive men of their sin. The name that is above every name, Jesus the Christ. If you speak Hebrew, Yeshua HaMashiach. Romans 10 says, All who call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. If we confess with our mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord and believe in our heart that God has raised Jesus from the dead, we shall be saved. It's very simple. It's a gift. There's nothing you and I can do to earn it. Jesus came. He took your place on death row, went to the electric chair, if you will. In this case, it was the cross, was crucified. It's like being on death row. We all had the sentence of death. We're all born into sin. There's not one righteous, no, not one. We've all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. We've been condemned to death because of sin. And we've got judgment coming if the Spirit leaves our body and there's not been redemption. And uh, just imagine, you're on that death row. You're getting ready to be executed. And then the pardon comes down. But even better than a pardon... Someone came in and said, I'm going to take your place. 90 seconds. You're free. That's what Jesus did. He wasn't guilty of anything. He was spotless. He came down. He didn't complain. He went to the cross. He took your sin and mine upon him. He took our place. He died. He shed his blood. There is no forgiveness of sin without the remission of blood. And then he rose again on the third day, seated at the right hand of the Father, making intercession for you and I, until God makes his enemies his footstool. He's coming back to rule and reign from Mount Zion, the very place in Jerusalem that's at the center of all the world's controversy. The devil hates the Jews, hates Israel, hates Christians, hates all the people of the book, and is trying to stop it from happening, but he's going to be unsuccessful. And because Mm -hmm. of what Jesus did, gave his life, all you got to do is believe on him. Confess him with your mouth. Say, I confess Jesus Christ as Lord. Invite him in. And you need to repent of your sins. If we confess our sins, 1 John 1, 9, he's faithful and just to forgive us of our sin, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So you get on your knees somewhere, now or later, after this program, and you sit down and repent. Pour out your heart to the Ten Lord. seconds. Admit what you've done. He already knows it, but he's looking for us to confess it, uh, fess up to it, man up to it, if you will. Renounce it. Admit that what you did was wrong. The wages of sin are death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus. If we die in those sins, there's no hope. But if we'll repent of those sins and ask him to forgive us, he will. And he'll wash you white as snow. He will write your name in the Lamb's book of life. He will blot out your sins and throw them into the sea of forgetfulness, never to be remembered again. He pardons you, gives you a clean slate, and we can be born again by believing on the Lord Jesus Christ. Next thing you want to do is get water baptized. You want to get a good Bible. I speak English. I like the King James. I don't have to worry about the Chinese coming in and changing it on me. And uh, there's been hundreds of thousands of changes uh, in many years since Horton West got, got a hold of it. That's another program. 
at any rate, you get in the Word, you read it, you begin to pray, find a place to fellowship, tune in to Luke 14 Radio, and uh, begin to read the Word, follow it, and seek the Lord with your whole heart. It's t- going to take some effort, but it's worth it. There's no hope any in any other way. And there's no other paths that lead to God, only in Christ Jesus. So if you pray that prayer tonight and mean it from your heart, the Lord will meet you. He stands at the door knocking. It says, the Lord is knocking. And if you open the door, he and the Father will come in and sup with you. He's waiting. This is your opportunity. Today's the day of salvation. No man is guaranteed tomorrow. And the final thing I'll say, you better do it. Because there's things coming on this earth that have meant to cut you and I time short. To take your life before you have an opportunity ever to repent of your sin and receive Christ. Don't wait. There's some people who waited and they're not here anymore to have that opportunity. They were out there partying in the desert and they got slaughtered by the enemy when they came in. Mowed them down. Grabbed one French girl who was a tattooist artist. She was out there partying and they grabbed her and they just did horrible things to her. I saw a picture of her leg almost bent back around the her head. It was horrible what they did to her. She has no more chance to repent. If she didn't, it's too late. Don't wait. It could be too late. Tonight could be too late. Today's the day of salvation. Call in the name of the Lord Jesus while he may be found. Amen. 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 Well, I'll tell you, it's been an honor and such a wonderful time to have you on the Luke 418 radio, Shannon. We love the Omega Man radio, and we send blessings to you and your family. And uh, don't be a stranger. Come back on again. Let me say this in closing and encourage people. I waited nearly 40 years to serve the Lord. I backslid for a time. I was raised in a church, knew better, but I still did. I have a lot of shortcomings. I knew nothing about deliverance. It was not taught. Yet, the Lord had a plan and a purpose for my life just like he has for your, you turning in. It's never too late to say yes to Jesus. And I praise God that one day I did, I repented. I said, Lord, I've wasted enough time. Use me, Lord, to do something with the time I've gotten left. And that was 13 years ago. I'm so thankful that God did not give up on me when others had. And he hasn't given up on you. And he will give you on-the-job training. What an exciting time it is to be alive and say yes to Jesus. He wants you in his end-time army. There's not anything that you or I have done that he's not capable of dealing with, forgiving. And you may have fallen off the wall like Humpty Dumpty, broken to 10 million pieces. He'll put you back together with Super Glue, the Holy Spirit, and make you better than you've ever been before. To God be the glory. So I want to encourage everybody to say yes. It's not too late to say yes for Jesus. He has a place for you in his end-time army. Amen. 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 Folks, we want to let you know that uh, I, uh, Pastor Bill French, and Pastor Valerie, and Barbara Lee will be on the Omega Man radio tomorrow morning at 8 a.m. Pacific time to 10. So if you want to call in for some deliverance or prayer, we would love to pray for you. God bless you. Thank you for tuning in to Luke 418 radio. God bless you now. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank Bye. you for having me. Good night. Barbara, God bless you. Sister Valerie, Brother Kenneth, what an honor to meet you. Brother Kenneth, if Brother Bill let you, we got to get you to come on to pray. Brother, Ke- uh, Brother Bill, can yes. I still, Brother Kenneth, one night and have him come over and preach? <laughs> yeah. <Okay>. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, when I'm done, I'll be 
Whatever you want me, I, I'll be there. Thank you. Yeah, you Thank you for inviting me tonight. We're going to have a double hitter. I'll see you all tomorrow. God bless you. Okay. God bless you. Folks, I love and appreciate you. Thank you for tuning in. I meant what I said. There's not anything too hard for God to deal with. There's not anything that you and I done that he's not capable of forgiving. And he can restore. What the enemy meant for evil, God can turn it around for good and use you as a mighty vessel for his honor in these last days. Today's a great day to say yes to Jesus. Love you all. Thank you for tuning in. We'll see you next time. God bless.